0: Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints Podcast. In this episode, I talked to Dylan Cook from Fork Grove Barbecue in Anderson, South Carolina. This one's a great one. You're really going to enjoy it. Make sure to stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint. I love those new hats, too. That's cool.
1: Oh, man. So, John Bates, obviously, is the original. Interstellar had his corduroy hat. I've wanted one forever. And my buddy Hector went out and did their little collab with them. And uh, he told me, he's like, hang tight. They're going to put them on the internet. And as soon as they hit the internet, I bought one. And then the girl that does mine, I was like, look, I need this hat. And we even did a Topo Chico. Yeah. So like it was, everybody's been blowing it up. I just got them yesterday or day before. So Are they available on your website? I don't even have a website. I'm like. So behind, with yeah. The it's all on,
0: you only have a Facebook, right? You have a
1: Facebook and Instagram. Like, we just jumped in this thing so freaking fast, it was like we ain't got time to look back right now. So, good morning, Dylan. How are you? Good, hanging in there, busy yeah. on a prep day, getting ready to open tomorrow. What does a prep day look like for you? We're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I've got myself and two other guys and one pit guy. So all that in a nutshell, we have Sunday and Monday completely off. Well, they do. I work on Mondays. But Tuesday we come in and uh, we trim all the brisket for the week. Uh, We usually trim our pork belly on Tuesday and tidy up. We load in trucks on Tuesday. Wednesday we come in, we make sausage first thing. We finish up any trim if we have extra for catering or trim all the spare ribs on Wednesdays. And then we actually cook, we're cooking brisket and pork for tomorrow. And we usually, we start about seven on Wednesdays and we wrap up around three o'clock. We finally got a little regimen down. That's been one of the harder things getting into this, just learning and adjusting to volume because uh, when I started, never knew we'd be where we are. It really is crazy.
0: It's an interesting story. Are Are you? Were you born in South Carolina?
1: Yep, uh, I'm full-blown Carolinian, native, whatever you want to call it. I was born right here in, the, in West Anderson. I uh, went to Westside High School. I actually worked in this building that's our restaurant no. in high school. Yeah, it was a family-owned business called Sadler's Creek Barbecue. Saturday only, pretty traditional, like picnic-style hams, bean slaw, half chickens. I learned then I like barbecue, but I never, like I said, it's just nuts how...
0: Read somewhere that you somewhere probably with that from Daniel that you it was a family were they family friends
1: yep so uh when I started middle school Taylor Holbrook he's still like my best friend his family his dad and mom ran the place and uh he and I played football together so like we kind of just became friends and got really close and he was like hey you want to come work at my dad's during the summer and I was like yeah so I mean we were literally like brothers like spend the night together like 20 days at a time, and finally, be like, hey, you need to go home and shower and <laughs> get some more clothes or something. But, uh,
0: but what, but it's like those days when you're like super close to someone, and it's just, yeah, yeah, a picnic hams?
1: Yeah, well, they around here they call them picnic hams. There's a coin term called green hams, you don't hear that much anywhere, and I don't even know if it's correct terminology, but it's just, uh, it's a whole ham of the hog, like skin on, yeah, they would come in. I can remember them like Jimmy would unbox them and ride on the old hickory, like no season and just pretty, pretty bare bones. But I mean that that barbecue still holds a place mm-hmm. in my soul, like for my favorite because there's there's still nothing to this day that's the same. But.
0: Are there any places do you think that still do it like that? Because I think I've seen I've seen photos, but they might have been photos from ten fifteen years ago.
1: Yeah, um, I know. Like our closest barbecue, I'm not going to call it competitor because I don't compete, but people in town they uh, I think they I don't really know what they use for as far as cookery but I think they're cooking butts um, sure. there was another guy in town he had passed away a few years back now of a heart attack but I know he cooked hams and uh, his wife is actually still running that business and uh, cooking it the way he did but it's it was more of a uh, kind of more of a vinegar side it's just I don't think anybody's the same as it was back when I was a kid out here. So,
0: did you like the food that you're cooking? Did you like, was that like, was that something that you were really into, or was it more of a job and you were friends with the family?
1: So, it started out as just a way to make $20 in gas money. And uh, I just realized like how it was fun. Like, you know, I, I learned I had to work at early age. Like, my first job was a tomato farm, which just a mile from here, but we would work sun up, sun down and get paid 20 bucks. But like, I felt like, that was awesome. So when I got here, I was like, hey, this is something different. I don't know. Probably, just, you probably learned customer service, too. You learned about. I definitely learned that from that from that family, Jimmy and them. They just always, that's something that really caught my attention with Taylor being my best friend. Like, he was very outgoing, very nice. And I was just, you know, gravitated towards that and learned, you know, you meet somebody new, you just, hey, man, shake your hand. Anything I can do for you? Like, and I would definitely say that that helped Put me in the position that I'm in today for sure.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Were you considering going the football way? Is that what did you plan? Yeah, yeah. As, as a kid.
1: So it's weird. Like, so my story through that school, like, I, I really did love football. uh wasn't bad at it. I just wasn't inclined on the height side of things. I'm pretty short, 5'11 on a good day. Yes, it would be. But just, you know, you can't go play at Clemson and be five foot tall on offensive line. But shortly after high school, um, I actually, I played music pretty heavily, um, played guitar. And I picked that up a lot because I basically graduated working a landscaping business that closed the door. So I had to go get a quote unquote real job, worked in a manufacturing plant, which I think football sets you up for a lot in life to say that because you come across so many different people, so many different uh, just attitudes, all walks of life.
0: Especially, like, in a tight-knit – yeah.
1: Yeah, man. So I played music heavily. I got actually pretty in-depth with that. Met a guy from uh, North Georgia that was a touring musician. Got to go with him, and we, you know, went from little old South Carolina all the way to Denver, Colorado. You know, played through Nashville several times. Really? Really – Really thought that was going to be my career because, you know, it's, it was just something fun that was, you get paid for. I learned a lot during that time about marketing because we'd have to push our shows and use the social media platforms because that was like on the rise big time. When COVID hit, yeah, obviously it killed music. Yeah. But I had our, our first son around that same time. My wife had bought me a big green egg at Christmas. So like when I had time off the road or, nothing going on i was like googling like just trying to figure out how to do some how to cook on this thing because yeah. i didn't know you know it's, it's kind of mysterious i think to a lot of people. it's crazy like to think back you know now it's just like i don't even have to think about it yeah. it's just muscle memory but like i remember going coming across a video on youtube can't remember the guy's name but he does 24 hours at franklin barbecue
0: it was one of the early days right it was, it yeah, was yeah 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 it was it was a while was, back. I, I forget his name yeah he's he, he did some good stuff i think he like worked for something in New York. He worked out of yeah. a magazine in New York or something. Yeah, it was really cool.
1: Some kind of writer or something. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, that was really interesting. I, yeah, I remember man, that. I, I remember watching that and I'm like, they showed him the morning of and there's people lining up and I'm like, I ain't never seen barbecue like this. Like, this is crazy. And then when I just kind of put it all together, like obviously Austin is all about music, barbecue, and I just, I can remember standing in my plant job one day, and just thought about like you know i gotta get out of this I'm, not, I'm gonna die if i keep breathing in plastic smoke and
0: what type of plant was it
1: uh automotive uh extrusion we made fuel lines washer lines cable protection oh. i worked my way up from literally as a temp to i was like seventh in the company when i left
0: was a uh, lot of was that a lot of repetitive stuff like i've always wanted uh, or is it, see, I guess if you moved up then you probably did a bunch of different things right
1: Right, I I even say that plays a part in it, like kind of the way my brain works, I guess, is it was artistic because very primitive equipment that you had to turn into a specific, you know, you had certain parameters and like you had to have everything in spec, but you had literally molten plastic that you touch with your bare hands and tricks where you heat things up and open up vacuum chambers, like real kind of shade tree work yeah but it was fun because when you get to be one of the guys that nobody else can get it running but you can was like hey you know this this makes it fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I think that kind of also set me in motion for being able to overcome I say like pivot like when something happens you got to make a smart decision and not freak out because you're that's been, pretty much what pivot. I did
0: every day. <laughs> it seems like yeah exactly because you can't Yeah. You can't freak out. That's, that actually, that's a very good thing for life in general, because freaking out is what messes you up in any situation. Life, be it like a little argument with somebody to whatever, to customer service with real, like for business. Yeah. That's right there. That's a great message. And it takes a while to learn that too. I think you need age for that experience. And like,
1: I I feel lucky just because like I said, the people I learned from over the years and, kind of like all the, the stages leading up to where we are now. It's like, if you look back, it's like, hey, this is probably what was supposed to happen, I think. That Franklin video on YouTube, and it got me really intrigued about real fire because I didn't know nothing about that.
0: Did you cook a brisket on that big review? Oh, yeah.
1: And I'll give a lot of props to two people that really helped me get over that initial, when you wrap at 160 and it comes out soggy and tough, Two guys that really helped me surpass that. One was a guy named Chad. I can't remember his last name now, but he worked for uh, a guy named Kevin that owns 441 South in Canton, Georgia. Okay, yeah. Restaurant. He really laid out kind of a bullet point. This is what you need to do. This is what it's going to look like here and see how it comes out. You know, he gave me a lot of information that wasn't specific. So it let me learn. Second person is uh, my guy, Texicana Barbecue from... Uh, Italy, you know, Mauro, dude, he, super good guy. Like, I've never shook his hand, but you would thought we have been friends forever. Like, just also, again, gave me some nuggets here and there that helped tremendously, but it wasn't pictures and this is how you do it. And those two guys together kind of got me. So you reached out to them directly? So Chad and I had, like, when I decided to try to do something with what we were doing, Chad was kind of, he was one of the first people that followed my little business Instagram page. Okay. He was like, Hey man, anytime you need anything, hit me up, you know, just really nice. I would say a second person to that would be Steven Rossler really early on. He gave me his number. was like, Hey, call me. You need anything? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure uh, I saw a video from uh, Morrow and he was like, follow me this, this and this. And I messaged him was like, Hey man, really good information. And it was just on from there. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, he every so, I, every so often he leaves me these voice messages on my Instagram. Yeah, uh, he doesn't like, text,
1: he's, he records it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he
0: records it. And I'm like, there's like four of them. Like, oh, right, he's like, hey, Kevin, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Yeah, he's such yeah. a nice guy for so sure. So, then when you were at when you when you saw the video, the 24 hours at Franklin, did you think this is then like I could start a business like doing what like catering or doing little pop-ups so, or what
1: did so? What got me going, uh, when COVID hit, it was about. Two weeks prior to that happening, I actually was thinking to myself, like, you know, I can't do this plant work forever. I need to do something else. I was like, I can cook some of this food that I've been learning and sell it and see if anybody likes it to see if this is a yeah. possible direction I could go. Well, about a week after that is when it the light switch turned off. We at the plant got our uh, what they call everybody essential worker letters. Yeah. To be honest, you know, I know COVID was a tremendous hill for all restaurants to overcome, but that was kind of something I think helped put me in motion because I was doing curbside delivery, like from my house right when COVID happened because people couldn't eat at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I kind of used that together to be like, hey, I got you some ribs and like my wife made cornbread and like we had all this stuff. First week I did it, we had like 30 people show up. I had no idea this was illegal, by the way, but uh
0: I don't think it but you know, you're, yes, not, uh, you're not the only one who, who started businesses like this during COVID. Yeah, I talked I mean, to different other people. Wow. That's
1: crazy. The craziest thing that like really struck me early on was like, I'd say a month after I was doing it every week. Cause I wasn't working. Like I was at home just collecting a crap load of government money or whatever they did. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I went from working, you know, 14 hours, six days a week to nothing. So I can remember trying to find people on Instagram that were, that style of barbecue i come across dane weaver and uh, he's got a little tab or had a little tab on his instagram that showed from where i think it's still there where they started to where they they were and it like almost made me like tear up because i'm like this is exactly what's going on with me right now like it was exactly the same and uh, i reached out to him i was like man you know this is before i even realized how kind of cliche it was to reach out to these awesome guys (laughs) like I didn't want to be you know (laughs) hey this is me but I had to tell him like uh you know this it's wild how exact our stories are. Were you Fork Grove at the time? Yep so that was weird how my wife my original name that uh I still maybe one day if I ever retire I have a dream for that name Um, but I wanted to call it Hilltop Barbecue. I just for whatever reason I like that like I could picture it written in cursive. My wife's like, we don't live on a hill. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, uh, we were going through one night. I remember kind of like how people like search engine baby names, like, yeah. And we were just looking up words and, uh, I come up with the idea of like, Hey, this is a fork in the road for us to you know, maybe try to pursue oh, this thing or stick to playing the American dream and retiring from a plant. I can't walk. I lose a finger somewhere along the way. Um, so the, that's where Fork came from, and we were scrolling words, and we found this word Grove, and it had in parentheses Green Grove, which means life will change for the better. And I was like, Fork Grove, Fork Grove Barbecue. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty pretty cool. And it stuck. Like, I stuck out on my phone our original logo I made on some kind of Google site that I found that I thought was so cool, you know? Like, But, yeah, it just – stuck with that it's a cool
0: it's a cool name and it is interesting it's just it sounds barbecuey but i didn't know i when i was originally reaching out and hearing it i didn't i had no idea what what it
1: was from i got a ton of people they're like you should have named it cook's barbecue and i'm like yeah that's right no but i think there's a
0: lot i think there's cooks like everything like there's cooks uh seafood places there's it's kind of a common name so i think this is at least it stands out and so people know it right so those early days so then during covid you're doing stuff selling out in front of your house oh yeah what was the the next step
1: i realized that a big green egg and i had actually went and like ransacked my grandpa's Traeger because i had to have more cooking space yeah i was like this ain't gonna cut it and i'm like aaron franklin he ain't cooking on this junk like this so uh, my dad actually had an old air compressor tank that was behind his. My dad does body shop at collision repair. He's been doing oh. it 40 years. He's like your typical fabricator, just gifted in that. He had an old air compressor tank. I noticed like all these pits. I showed my dad. and He's like, heck, that ain't nothing but old propane tank. And I'm like, yeah, that tank you got probably worked. So we jumped on it, pulled it up to the shop with the tractor, started cutting all these fittings off and built my first 250 gallon smoker that is so and, cool and man we thought like this is the biggest smoker <laughs> we've ever seen you know like good gracious uh, <laughs> well it's
0: bigger than what you you had, have been working on it it's, yeah. oh yeah yeah
1: and uh dude I, I mean i still got it obviously and it, it's still my probably one of my my favorite smoker so because so
0: you cook well in it it was a, it oh man, yeah well
1: wow,
0: uh, that's awesome that's amazing
1: like i said my dad just has that knack like he was it he helps. knew that the engineering, like just naturally,
0: that's great. No, that's my my yeah. dad was the same. My dad passed away 14 years ago, but he we wasn't doing, but he but he could he had a brain for. He drew furniture. He could draw up anything. It's, yeah. I think I think we all lost. I think there's something there's a generation where they all kind of
1: yeah seriously <laughs> that's a dying work.
0: breed is what yeah say, it is but. it really is so you had that
1: to yeah. add to your and I so I quit using the egg and the Traeger because you know that's sacrilegious and real wood-fired barbecue so I cooked on that smoker for around almost two years and learned so much like you know that airflow burning wood uh, using a damper that really set the set the wheels in motion during that time the business of selling food was just growing because there isn't any barbecue like that around here it's obviously your mom and pop gas fired you know they they make collards. They make French fries. Like yeah. it's just your basic South Carolina, not even South Carolina barbecue, but like commercial barbecue.
0: Mm. A quick aside, because you're in. You said and you said West Anderson, but it's a is considered Anderson, Anderson and Anderson. Because yeah. I was looking on the map a couple of days ago or a week ago, Athens. Like there's you're kind of like wedged in between. Can you kind of explain where you are so people?
1: Yeah, I'm a. So if you look at South Carolina, we're the actual far left tip. In that little corner there, we're in the middle of, so it's Anderson's here, Atlanta's here, Charlotte's here. Like we're right in that Milky Way of cities. I mean, we don't have a any type of metropolitan city or nothing It's pretty, I mean, it's a bit, we have a lot of people, a lot of population, but it's yeah. nothing crazy. But we're three hours from Charleston and going west. I mean, you can go either, any way you want.
0: How uh, far are you from Athens and Augusta and those places?
1: Augusta, I'm about an hour and a half. Athens, about the same hour okay. and a half.
0: That kind of gives people an idea of...
1: Yeah, straight up 85. We're right off 85, uh, interstate 85. The cookers, like I I cooked on those for that 250 gallon for about two years and just learned so much and realized this is getting to be not enough. Like I'm killing myself because I was cooking brisket, pork butts as soon as they'd come off and I'd load the ribs on, get the ribs cooked. As soon as the ribs come off, get the sausage put back on, like just... I mean, it's crazy. Like, I I tell people still, like, if I had to do this again, I don't know if it would work. Like, I don't know (laughs) if it's possible.
0: Yeah, musical chairs with your meat. uh.
1: Jeez, and that's a big deal. Like, you can't just go to Sam's Club and buy eight briskets at a time when you're paying retail. Like, that was something, again, part of what I feel like this was the right direction I need to go. I met my sister in-law her boyfriend at the time ran a restaurant and i was actually able to order from his order guide and just pay him the cash Uh for the the groceries
0: that's smart
1: yeah like i ain't putting no names out there i ain't trying to get nobody in trouble (laughs) yeah don't don't mention uh, it (laughs) yeah but it was uh you know if i hadn't had that i don't think we'd have made it you know like
0: yeah because i was wondering like did you have some kind of restaurant supply connection or something or yeah
1: so another thing, a good friend of mine that I went to church with had a restaurant depot card. So he gave me his card. Even though that's an hour away, man, I was tearing that place up because they have everything. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. Like, it was like Candyland when I got to go there.
0: It's funny, people like if you've never worked in the restaurant business, you have no idea what restaurant depot is. And it does seem kind of it does seem kind of magical. But then also too, like a lot of restaurant tours, it's annoying because they have to wait in line and do all that. And you
1: know, oh, yeah. I hate it now. Like, I will not go unless I'm yeah. in dire need of something. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we, I outgrew that and uh, started to get on the lookout for a thousand gallon tank. And uh, they're really expensive. And again, I was still working my plant job. Anytime I wasn't at the plant, I was cooking barbecue and vice versa. I remember I was, we had some kind of training. It was a week long and we had like an hour break. And I got just like this. Fire under me, like I got to find this tank. So, a guy I was in the meeting with, he's like, Have you ever thought about calling over? Because Georgia is literally like a stone's throw from where we are. He's like, You ever thought about calling over to Georgia? Because they may have different laws where they just get rid of those tanks. And I'm like, That's a good idea, you know? Maybe because Carolina, like you cannot buy them from any propane company. Oh, wow, like, decommissioned or not, like, they will not give them to you. That's interesting. So, I called over to a place in Georgia, taught this real sweet lady. She's like, Hello, can I help you? You know, like I said, I told her what I was looking for, and she actually like had evidently had that experience of somebody looking for the same thing. You know, she says, I know a guy that I'll give you his number and I guarantee you he can help you out. So got a number from her, called that man, and he was like super, you know, in the country. And he's like, Yeah, he's I got a couple of them. I said, thousand gallon. He said, Yes, sir. I said, Well, uh, would you be willing to sell me one? He said, Oh yeah. And I was like, all right, how much, how much is it going to take to come get it? He goes, $250 fair. I said, I will be there tomorrow. (laughs) So my dad and I drove over to, uh, Georgia and sure enough, pulled up this address he gave us. And there's 1200 tanks in this field. You know, I'm just like, foaming at the mouth like just thinking like this could be y'all bunch of smokers like so we got the thousand gallon
0: how did we really quickly how did, did you have like a winch or like how did you get so that's another they're not light
1: me. i could write a book thick as a dictionary like explaining all these crazy details that happened but <laughs> well, they're fun yeah um he actually had a truck that they used to install and move tanks with so it had a huge crane on it uh, and it picked it straight up set it right on the trailer Well, we got it back home. So then my dad's looking at me. I'm looking at him. I'm like, we ain't got nothing to move this thing. Like, I don't know what to do. Really close friend of mine. He's a couple of years younger than me, but like one of the most successful farmers you'd ever meet. He's got some huge equipment. So he came over, moved it for us. We actually sat it up on a landscape trailer that I had. That way we could at least move it around at my dad's shop. Uh, Ended up cutting and chopping the landscape trailer up and modifying it into the smoker trailer.
0: How much do one of those things weigh?
1: I couldn't tell you for sure. Like roughly. I wonder, I wonder they've got to be heavy. <laughs> they've got to be dangerous. I know. So it's, the tank we ended up with was three-eighths thick, 16 feet long, four feet wide. We did the math on it. I think the whole unit was somewhere around 5, 5 pounds. But it's it's strong. Like That's the right amount of weight. That's not something to, <laughs> And the tongue on a standard landscape trailer is short so that's something we learned along the way too like you see these awesome work so if you notice their trailer rigs have a really long tongue on them mm-hmm. well i always wondered i'm like man that's all you know but it offsets the weight to where uh, it pulls uh, really good that makes so sense my trailer has a short tongue on it and it has like 800 pounds of tongue weight but besides the point
0: so you turn that one one thousand into another pit
1: yeah my dad built it uh it's funny, like, I was infatuated with Moberg-style smokers because mm-hmm. my buddy right up the road and found in Fountain Inn, Bobby's Barbecue, Tay Nelson, has mm-hmm. two Mobergs that they cook on. And when I went there for the first time and saw them, I was like, man, these are some nice units. We based off what I had seen there, just, I mean, pictures, honestly, like, and built my smoker really similar to it. And I remember the first time I met Leonard from Truth, We were at Charleston Wine and Food last year. Him and uh, Reed, they pulled up and I was like fangirling out. I'm like, that's Leo right there. (laughs) They came up and uh, were just like salt of the earth people. But he looked at my smoker and was like, uh, like, I thought this was a Moberg, but it's not. I'm like, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, My dad, like I said, built it just off pictures, off Instagram, basically. That's really cool. So we got that one built, and man, I can remember my first cook with it. Like I promoted it. Like I was really open with being bootleg. Like I just, I think I had people convinced that I wasn't bootleg, really, because your confidence. Like, I guess I remember posting it like, "Hey, this is the first cook on Jethro." That's what I named it. My dad. Growing up, my dad would make fun of me. I'd eat cereal out of a mixing bowl. he's like, dang, son, that's a Jethro bowl, <laughs> like Jethro Bodine. So <laughs> that was like the biggest smoker that I'd ever seen in my position at that time. I was like, Jethro, that, that suits, you know, mm. when I promoted it, people like blew us up. Like, it was the first time I ever cooked 25 briskets at one time. First time I ever had to trim 25 briskets by myself in my kitchen at my house. Like, I had four refrigerators that I had gutted in the in the garage to use. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's crazy. But this and, is still uh,
0: all out of your house.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I can remember people had to wait like an hour in line at my pop-up and i was just like this is crazy and it didn't slow down like we kept on kept on and we i think we did that for a, a little over a year and actually got invited over to euphoria greenville which uh. is that's our biggest food and wine event in our region you know other than charleston wine and food at you know, greenville's 30 minutes up the road i was so stoked about that i'm like man this is crazy like obviously something something's going on if we're getting invited so did our pork belly? We do white brisket. Like uh, when I originally found out about it, it, was like Tejas was doing it. I was really intrigued with it. And then Dane, of course, had his taco, and then they they do the same. I had been experimenting with it and had it like that's probably one of the better bites of barbecue that there is. Just mm. so we took that over there, and my wife had made a um, fresh, scratch-made Texas caviar. So we did a slice of pork belly with the caviar and topped it with a little bit of cotilla cheese. Oh. And dude, people were losing their minds. Like, we had, like, it, it was crazy because these, like, other food vendors there were kind of doing like basic stuff. There wasn't much barbecue. And uh, we took the pit. So that was immediate. Like, people were just freaking out. They'd never seen that around here. That was kind of after that weekend. I, I was like, man, this is, like, this could be, yeah, like, we got to do something. That was in September. And I think it was around, was that last September? Yeah. So we just did our second, euphoria two weeks ago okay yeah so yeah yeah so it was a year ago so around october a friend of mine he owns a couple biscuit places in town it's the best biscuit and i don't i don't even know if i've ever had a better biscuit
0: what's the name
1: i want to know the name uh it's it's besto of anderson it's been around since it's like 40 something years old 50 something years old and he's been the owner for the last six years lady in the back miss francis she makes biscuits by hand every day, and they are—I mean, like I might go get one here in a minute. Like, text me anyway. He had eaten my food, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Just trying to make barbecue." Like, you know, he's like, "Nah, you need to do something like with this. Like, you need to get—you don't need to be working in a factory." That kind of turned into, "Hey, let's have a meeting and see if maybe I can help you out, do something." And that first time we met, we sat, I think we talked for like four hours. I drank like an entire bib in a restaurant of Coca-Cola because we sat in the same place for four hours. Like, (laughs) but it was just, we really hit it off, you know, and his name's Brian Latham. And the the short and skinny of that is he's my business partner. Okay. I kind of, I laid it all out. And originally my dream was to only be open on Saturdays because working in barbecue, that's all I knew then a huge inspiration to me you probably heard of uh, John Cheese Barbecue in Peachland, mm-hmm. Garen Kirtman and his wife Kelly. I'm telling the food you, it looks the, great. I'm telling you right now, first time I ever went there, I had a religious experience. Like, I have never sat down anywhere, whether it be soul food, seafood, any type of food. And literally, every single bite that I took off of that tray made me go, Whoa. Like, every flavor was just i never had that kind of barbecue, period. He's still, to this day, my favorite I've eaten yet. Anyway, so knowing Garen, getting to meet Garen and being becoming friends with him, that really was like my dream in motion. Like I was, he's doing it every Saturday. And
0: he's only open Saturdays, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when I presented that to Brian, Brian has been in this business for a really long time. He was a like a, a regional manager for Waffle House oh. for like 14 years. So he's very, very strong at numbers and no, like it's, it's crazy how he knows things before they happen. Like he's told me so much stuff over the, you know, past year we've been working together. He's like, Hey, this is, this probably what's going to happen. Or like, we'll hire somebody and he'd be like, they probably ain't going to make it. And it'd be like a week later they'll quit. Like (laughs) it's just crazy, but it's, it's fortunate that he uh, was really willing to help me get to where we are. So he helped me get the equipment we needed, and uh, we looked at some other locations and that's probably one of the biggest hurdles for anybody. I think is just commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Like they ain't making no more of it and it's not cheap. And then you add in the factor of a restaurant, like, yeah, it might be commercial space, but if it ain't got a grease trap, ain't got mm-hmm. you know hood systems. I mean, I say all that just to say like where we are now is just a complete, it's a dream. Like it's, it's a blessing. I just, When did you move into this location? So we had actually signed a deal on a place in in town, like where I'm at here is in the country. Like it's everybody says that's out there. I'm like it ain't that bad. (laughs) We had signed a deal on a place on Main Street, and it was going to be awesome. But there was a silver lining that that didn't work because now being in this facility, that's it's pretty good size. Like we got a. Pretty good kitchen, two walk-in coolers. Like, we got a lot of space. If I if I had what I thought we were going to go into, we'd sell out at lunchtime every day. Like, we oh. just don't have the space. So, this location, telling you, like, again, when that fell through, we had already purchased two of the smokers. And they were at my dad's under a uh, metal carport. I was cooking on them. Didn't have nowhere to put them. You know, and I'm like, it was really a kick in the guts. Didn't know what was going to happen.
0: And that, that was from pig iron?
1: Yeah, yeah. Kyle Moe, pig iron patina. Mm-hmm. That's another crazy, I'll, I'll get with you on that one here in a second. So, this place, Brian was actually a third owner of this building. And they were doing a really large menu and some different things. And they had decided that either you know they were going to change it up or they were going to try to sell it. And I live four minutes from the front door here. That's not bad. No, nah, like it's awesome. That's- and it just came to me one day and my wife she still said she's like I told you that this is that this is where you needed to be anyway but <laughs> and she did I was just stubborn it just came up one day it was like hey what can we just could we get that building and then change it the way we want he was kind of jaded with it because the business just wasn't as good as I mean it's out. it's a ways out here there's nothing where we are there's a dollar general of course and uh oh, wait, we got man. a grocery a grocery store not far but that's about it There's not much out this way so He took a chance there also because he knew, you know, he believed in our food from day one. He's like, you got the food. Ain't nobody going to be doing that around here, yada, yada. So we got this place April the 3rd this year. Of course, I had built built a pretty good following just from the, you know, the town and trying to do everything I could just to get our food out there and get people in the know about, you know, Texas-inspired food, not, not gas fire we started doing to go order oh, so I took it April 3rd I was doing to go only that Saturday I had those two pig irons out here under a tent in the yard and it rained and it rained I'm telling you three weeks of rain ankle deep like it was miserable I got pictures of like rain just dousing the pits and there's steam coming off of them <laughs> like crazy pieced it together uh, we got the smokehouse built. Um, then Brian and I realized like if we get any type of catering like to keep up with the volume, we're gonna need more smokers. like two's not gonna be enough. So called Kyle Mo So, like, hey man, I uh, don't know how to tell you this, but I need two smokers in about three weeks. And he's like, uh, I could probably do that. Really. Like, I'm dead serious like that guy I, he's great. like I'm talking to him next week. I'm excited. That was a big kind of a hurdle early on when I thought we were going to be on the main street location because I had my trailer rig, which I was willing to, you know, modify to have that smoker to use inside because our regulation is it has to be closed in, you know, moppable floor, this and that. I was actually at church on one Sunday sitting with my buddy that was doing, he's a camera guy watching the security camera and I'm scrolling Facebook and, uh, I saw this ad in propane tank smoker group or whatever for, there was these two white 1000 gallons, like ready to go. And it was advertised. Nobody's bought these. And I'm like, dang. So I looked at it and I was like, these look pretty sick, you know? And at this point in time, I mean, I've, I've cooked on Austin where cooked on Moberg's. Uh, I mean, I kind of got a pretty good idea. You know, they all burn wood. They're all going to cook barbecue. There's just, little things that make Mm -hmm. them what they are and i messaged him started thinking about it i'm like man this is this is it like this is because the closest i could get a delivery of two smokers was going to be june and i couldn't do that you know it's too far off so i mean i understand you know it it takes a lot to build them because we've been there i reached out to him he was like yeah man this is uh if you want them so i talked to brian he's like yeah tell him you know we worked out a deal he delivered them all the way from montgomery that was really kind of the first step of like hey this is getting real cooked on them i met uh jonathan okay. rogers so he helped kyle design the pits and there's a few things on them that nobody else in the industry does i'll let him explain that to you but uh okay. i'll ask him but yeah so i called him after we got the building i was like man you know, i need, I'm gonna need two more so we pretty much we wired him his deposit and within and three, he's like, "Hey man, I'm gonna be there April 20th." Sure enough, drove up, had two of them, and we got all four set on the same day. Do
0: so You have three one thousands and one two fifty.
1: No, I've got all together. I've got five one thousands and <laughs> a two fifty.
0: And so, so how many two were from pig iron or from or? I've got four from pig
1: iron. Okay, and uh, the one my dad built on the trailer. That is massive. I didn't realize you had that many pits. Oh yeah. I mean, in and, and the way, like, I don't run like a lot of guys do, like, overnight. My guy, Travis McCurley, awesome, awesome pit guy. Uh, he comes in every day around 2.30 or 3 a.m. and um, loads them up, runs them. And he'll, he works 12 hours, so he, he'd be here till 3. And we're usually about done with everything by 3, 4 o'clock. But it just – it gives us the space to cook the volume we need, and we have one dedicated for sausage – because we make a load of sausage every week from the get go. Because you
0: were planning on, a, on on being Saturday, but then when you got this location and you got all these pits, you knew it was going to be more days, right? It was.
1: Yeah. So we um again, Brian's uh his knowledge and expertise of restaurants. He's like, man, you know the, the days you aren't open are days that you're not going to make any money. I'm like, yeah. well, a hundred percent. I got into barbecue because I love it. What it for money? And I, I don't still, I don't care about money like that. Yeah. You Brett from uh what's now Brett's family barbecue, yeah. he's got a really good take on, if you get in this business for money, you ain't going to make it. <laughs> it makes sense just because like something I didn't really know, like it helps us revolve like making stuff we're reaching more people uh it, it helps us be more available for caterings We're like i don't have sure. to fire up a pit for eight pork butts for a catering you know it's i can work all that in together thursdays are definitely our uh slower day it's hit mm-hmm. or miss i mean we we might be lined out the door one day and the next week we might just have people trickling in but it helps us it gives us a day to be open and do some prep and mm-hmm. if we have people that need to train thursday's a good training day makes sense. Uh, I just uh I took his advice and stuck with that. I still think I would rather do just Friday and Saturday. But we'll see. I mean yeah. I, I don't really I don't have a plan. <laughs> we uh <laughs> clearly in, we jumped we jumped in this and it was pedal to the metal. Like we sold out for I don't know like six weekends before we kind of got an idea on pars like on top of it being new and people raving you know, I say that as humbly as I can. Like people just have swarmed us, which is awesome. And I'm like, I'm still like, my wife and I were talking about it yesterday. There's a little group around in Anderson in the city. They share businesses and stuff. They made a post about us yesterday, and that thing is blowing up. There's like a hundred something shares on Facebook. Really? Like, that's a good amount. Of- <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's just, it's just crazy how the community really, they do support us. I That's mean, you, so still nice. have, you still have people that are like, well, I went out there and the ribs were burnt and the paint's black and white. It's kind of tacky. Like just, you know, you, you can't please everybody. <laughs> of I, course. I learned that pretty yeah. quick. Were you planning on
0: doing sausage from scratch from day one? So
1: I got into sausage making uh, after I went and ate at Karen's. Okay. Uh, really? That was kind of the, uh, Hey, I got to do this because it's, Awesome. And then I realized after getting, working up to where the volume, I was trimming so much brisket. I have so much that it's it's waste. If yeah. I don't have something to do with it, I started learning and trying, uh, everything I made originally was really basic. We definitely, I mean, I, I do not claim to be a sausage expert. Like where we learn every week, almost something that's small, like Brian from a secret pint in Atlanta He's a great, he's a sausage guru. He's yeah. pretty tight, pretty tight with the um, with the Goldies guys, I think. And uh, I don't know. It turned into a monster, basically. Like when we started getting it right or close to right, and people are just can't believe like you guys make this? I'm like, yeah, that's well, and you also make some creative sausage. It's not oh, just yeah. run oh, the yeah. mill. Yeah, what could so, we, what are some of the ones that you've made? So uh my guy, the back of house guy, his name's Troy Kozlowski. He's from Buffalo, New York. Worked a kitchen his entire life and just been more or less a grill cook and you know, he's never got to be in a creative environment when it comes to food. So when we got rolling, got everything kind of dialed in, I taught him how to make sausage because it was a help to me because I've been having to make it by myself for years and uh, he just really took to it. So then he's full of crazy ideas like you have no clue. Like, we had a book. He writes down these ideas, and we just kind of pick one every now and then. We've done – our first crazy sausage was a chicken bacon ranch link. We took chicken breasts. We griddle cooked them, chilled them down, chopped them up, encased them with, like, three bags of Cool Ranch Doritos, had Gouda cheese in it, had the chopped chicken, and a, lot, a copious amount of ranch – seasoning they were really good i mean that that was kind of it sounds really good people were just kind of like you know nobody around here makes sausage like that so it was something really different yeah so then we we turned into every week we do a specialty sausage on saturdays the second week we did a pizza sausage link Uh, i think it's pretty popular Uh, i've seen a few people do them but we just took our standard mix added in Everything that you would think of pizza, like fennel seed, tomato paste, and just basically made a spaghetti sauce or marinara sauce, I guess. Yeah. Got it to the right consistency. Added whole, so Hormel makes pepperonis, I saw in our angles They're about the size of a dime. Okay. They're like uh-huh. mini pepperonis. So I bought those, and then for the mozzarella cheese, I bought cheese sticks. And we sliced them because they were the exact same size as the pepperoni. And man, that's probably still my favorite specialty link that we've done. Wow, that's a really good too. Man, it it tasted like Domino's pizza. Like it was <laughs> it was mind blowing. We did that one. We did a turkey link, uh, the day Daniel Vaughn was here. It was pretty, pretty basic, but you know, obviously turkey's a totally different texture. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it because it was it's on the lighter side. Like, you know, you eat a you eat an all-beef jalapeno cheddar link. If you eat one of them, you're like, pretty full like it's rich yeah definitely like these they were so we took our pork belly trim to add the fat content to the turkey because it's so lean and a pretty basic seasonings uh, put some italian seasoning in it and put cheese with it so it was basically i called it a turkey cheddar worst it was just really pleasant you could eat two links and not feel like you're gonna puke like (laughs) that's great so that was cool that was cool that he was here quick aside what was that like when he showed up did you expect him so, that's something that's like, I don't know. All my buddies in the area, we nerd out about Barbecue style, of course. Mm-hmm. Geharan, I can remember the first time when, when he visited them. I was so stoked for him. Like, that was just, that's a Super Bowl of barbecue for us, you know, yeah. for everybody. It was the day before that Friday. My buddy Robbie in Columbia City Limits Barbecue. Yeah, love him. He, uh, <laughs> we talk all the time. He's so, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's so
0: funny. He's yeah. so smart. And so, yeah. So,
1: he called me. He's like, man, you got about 50, 50 chance snob coming by. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, we'll see, you know? And I saw that he had uh he's kind of tracking his way. And then he went on to uh Greenville. He ate at Bobby's and then went to Lewis. I was like, well, I guess he passed by us. You know, I was like, it's no big deal. You know, we've only been open a few months. Yeah. Not a, you know, I don't, you know, maybe one day didn't think nothing else about it. So that saturday morning i had talked to robbie and he's like i think snob's coming today and hammered to hammer you to city limits yeah and uh, we had talked and it like it had, it had been blistering hot i mean texas has been the same way and it, we aren't as hot as texas i don't claim to be that or nothing but robbie didn't cook brisket that saturday because i remember it was so hot <laughs> And I was like, I hope he shows up and you don't have brisket because it was hot. (laughs) Well, lo and behold, he did show up. Yeah. The crazy thing about that whole deal. So I have another really good buddy in Columbia. Scott's A1 Mm Barbecue. That guy's a Uh, good dude. Rod Scott. Uh, So he went over to visit Robbie that day. Well, he's in line with Snop. And uh, they're talking. Of course, Rod knows who he is. And he just straight up asked him. He's like, you didn't stop at Fort Grove? He's like no, I thought they were only open on Saturday. And he's like, no, nah, they're they're open. So they talked. They sat uh-uh. down and ate Robbie's food. Daniel got back in his car, drove back to Anderson from Columbia to come eat lunch here that Saturday. Oh, that's so cool. Man, Like I can remember I was standing there when he walked in the door, and I was just like, <laughs>
0: I mean, it was like... It's, like. it's like seeing a unicorn or something. Exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, like, everybody's like, oh, did you did you try to you know, give him the best you had. I'm like, you know, honest to God truth. When I saw him, that was the first thought I had. Like, man, I got to have something good. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give him like, it'd be, yeah. I want it to be a legit experience because I don't want to sugarcoat what we do because we don't, that's not how we roll, you know, cut him a tray of what he wanted and sat down with him outside. He ate it, was very, very gracious of everything we had. Like he liked it. And, uh, there's always I've heard, and we all have this. They say that he'll pick one thing out from what you got that's not up to par. But he said our ribs had a little bit of too much sweetness in the glaze, which is fine. I, they they are different. Yeah, but, that's, uh,
0: that's opinion too. Yeah,
1: but it was just it was a great experience, and I took him around, showed him the pit room, we talked and whatever, and then like the last sentence before he left, he's like, "Well, he's like, I'm gonna reach out to you in a couple of weeks. He's like, I'll do an article on you. He's like people need to know about this place," and I was just like. Uh, well, I'm at my day's done. I'm going home. Like I don't care if we don't sell another piece of brisket <laughs> the
0: rest of the day. When you called your wife, how was that? That was probably
1: a crazy. Oh, conversation. Yeah. she was here actually. Oh, that's she was just, there. Oh. Yeah, she just she was all excited. I mean, it just puts it in perspective, you know. Like I don't know. I I, I still can't believe you know the the support and that's how much... that,
0: yeah that's barbecue community too because that's like the telephone game almost. Yeah. For sure. That's so nice. The sides, there's certain things that are like Tiffany, that's your wife's name, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So there's things that are from her family recipes, right? Or things that she, or she's so,
1: so yeah, she, uh, sides wise, like she grew up in a home. Her mom is one of the, still one of the best cooks I ever met. Uh, So she was lucky. Her grandma actually makes the best fried chicken a man ever put in his mouth. Ah, uh, but, yeah, she just – she comes from a family that actually cooked, like, Thanksgiving. You would not believe how much food they make every year. Like, we eat on it for a month. Like, it's, <laughs> That's it's so crazy. great. But, yeah, she uh, she really does have a knack in the kitchen, and uh, she's always liked to cook. She really likes baking. So, she was very supportive uh, in the early days. Our sides have definitely changed a little bit, you know, since when we started just because – I learn new things, uh, things that accompany what we make and, you know, that kind of fit the food, but yeah, like recipes, we've just, we stick to basic stuff and we kind of make it our own. If that makes sense. And we just biggest thing with us is consistency. Like I want if you come eat today and then come eat six months from now, I want it to taste exactly the same.
0: What proteins do you have?
1: Every day we have brisket, uh, pulled pork, pork, spare ribs, turkey breast, and sausage we have jalapeno cheddar sausage every day and then um we do pork belly burn ends every day okay they suck <laughs> i'm just saying we have to make so many of them like that's probably one of our best selling proteins <laughs> but man
0: but it's funny it is funny how it, it's amazing too how popular those have become i think man. it's yeah It's it it's wow then also too like i've heard Let's see, uh, uh, yeah, I've talked to different people. Like, there's people
1: that do like pop rocks, so, like, I've just heard lots of oh, yeah, um, yeah, Ryan Bingham, uh huh, or Brian, uh, yeah, Brian Bingham. So, I said, the singer, I you know, <laughs> it's still early, no, nah. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, from Sunbird Barbecue. He's a great guy. I talked, yeah. chat with him a good bit, one of the best. His, uh Yeah, he's got some crazy stuff. Dane, I mean, he does those caramel apple burn-ins. That's, yeah. that's kind of on my list of possibilities to try a special with. Dane's got such great ideas. Those guys there, there's – yeah, there's – there's trays of food, like, they're still some mm-hmm. of my favorite, like, just aesthetic-wise, for sure.
0: And he's still, like – I hate to say sleeper or something, but I feel like he's a sleeper place. Like, it's just – He's, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, yeah. I haven't eaten his food, but I really don't understand how he's, he's just not like, I don't know, Like they yeah. look like they got it going on.
0: I'm glad I'm really happy for them for, to have a brick and mortar. That's really exciting for them. That's, okay. and they've, and they've worked. So dang, dang hard. They really worked hard. So then, so then protein wise, those are your proteins. What are your, uh the sides that you have currently?
1: So every day we have slaw beans, potato salad, uh, our best selling side is definitely cheesy bacon hash browns. Wow. Um, that's they're they're out out there pretty good. Uh, we do a white cheddar mac and cheese sweet potato crunch, so sweet potatoes with a delicious sugary nutty cinnamon topping. It. It's like uh, really good. And we have Mexican street corn. That's nice. Okay, cool. It's it's a cold side. Uh, it's you know our version of a lote or whatever they want to call it. It's fire roasted corn, yeah. uh, yellow corn and peg with a little bit of jalapeno. Uh, Troy makes a buffalo mayo that is actually the the mayonnaise base that gives it oh, wow. a little zap. That's pretty cool. good stuff.
0: And many of you already so. And I guess I'm really hungry. I need breakfast. That's early. I, <laughs> um, I need a biscuit too. Um, also, uh, so then dessert wise, does what desserts? Because you know you said Dreyf likes bacon.
1: Yep. So we um we change it up every week, and you never can tell. Like it's always something. This week we're actually going to do an apple cobbler for Thursday, and probably most of Friday, and then Saturday we're going to have a chocolatey clear pie. that's uh, It's it's stupid good. It's it's probably our best dessert <laughs> between that and the banana pudding.
0: It would be cool, like, this, it's stupid good underneath, like, the – Oh, yeah. Obviously, everything's made from scratch. Our, uh, what, what's, what's your favorite thing right now on the menu?
1: Favorite thing – I've been really on brisket lately just because uh, I feel like that's something – we've actually kind of changed up our process a little bit on it. Uh, I was cooking all the way through unwrapped and doing some trickery at the end, but I've gone back to wrapping. I just feel like you get a way better, a softer – uh just all around better brisket so we've been doing that a couple of weeks again and i've been taste testing to verify that one so the so brisket right now is your favorite yeah for sure i mean I, I try i mean i don't want to be like everything's my favorite but I know know, we we try to make everything as good as we can
0: no, that's what i asked you i'm hoping that yeah. someone so that question i hope people say like what their favorite is as opposed to like they're all my kids i, I can't choose right and, right that's that's silly is there anything that people should know okay so if they if they show up so thursday you said is it's kind of like your slower day so people come pretty much any time they'll be able to get a full menu are people so people are gone
1: so thursday we usually have everything on the menu up in burn-ins uh they get gone i mean one day they might make it till six and the next day they'll be gone at one o'clock it's just one of those things uh Fridays, we usually have everything. We add beef ribs on Fridays and Saturdays. Okay. Uh, and then Saturday, obviously, we don't want to reheat anything, so we try to encourage people to get here by 5. After 5, we start getting slim on some stuff.
0: So. Are people lining up pretty early on Saturdays?
1: Uh, not really. We um, we hadn't got to that point, I guess, yet, as you'd yeah. say. They, at best, we might have six or eight people waiting to come in. And kind of the way we've learned to move the line along, we the most you'll wait to be like 15 minutes. That's great. Yeah. We try to push it through just because the culture of food around here, ain't Texas. Like if they got away, they're going to get the car and go back home. So
0: (laughs) not yet. yet. They haven't, but that's, uh, this is just great. I'm glad we finally got this together. I'm glad I didn't injure myself or anything this morning. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm just, I'm excited to visit. I was excited to talk to you prior to, to reading Dan's article and then I was so proud of you. And I was so excited to see that. And, uh, and that's cool too. Like, it's cool that you're, that you talk to a lot of the same people that I talked to like Rob, it just, I'm glad that, uh, you know, that there's a supportive community out there and it's nice for someone, you know, cause you haven't been in restaurant, the restaurant business for a long time and it's, nah. you're, you're learning. And you, you guys, it sounds like you have a good team and a good partner. And, for uh, sure. All right, take it easy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. you. All right, take it. Bye.